What is going on, everybody? You are listening to the J Red Show. Um, hope you're doing all doing well. I hope you're all healthy. And um, anyhow, um, got another show for you today. So I hope you sit back and enjoy. The New Jersey Devils defeat the Buffalo Sabers five to three. Jack Eichel and Victor Olsson had two assists. Rasmus Ristolainen has two points with a goal and assist. Um, Curtis Lazarga has third goal of the season. Rasmus Dahlin his first goal. And Rasmus Ristolainen his second goal. As for New Jersey, um, McLeod had, um, had two goals. Um, his second and third goal of the season. Miles Wood has fifth, his fourth and fifth goal, and Andres Johansson has the second goal. So the Sabers are ten games into a fifty-six game season. They have a four-four and two record for ten points. They are one point behind the final playoff spot, which is currently held by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Although, because of the loss in New Jersey, the Devils jumped ahead of them with a tiebreaker. And as of right now, my my opinion and my feeling on this team is mixed. There's a lot to like and there's a lot not to like. For one, it seems like they have more games where they're outchancing their opponents than not. Um... They got off to a sloppy start versus Washington, and in their they got off to a sloppy start in their opening game versus Washington, and they struggled out of the gate. But it started with that third period in the Washington game. They had a really good stretch of hockey where they were out chancing and outplaying their opponents. It wasn't until they faced the New York Rangers when the Sabres started to get outchanced. So, but let's go over more positives. Um, one player I really like is Victor Olison. He leads the team with four goals. He also has ten assists. He he also has six assists for ten points, which puts him second on the team behind Jack Eichel. Um, Eric Stahl's having a good year. Three goals and two assists for five points. Dylan Cousins, two goals, one assist for three points. I mean, I was really worried that Cousins was going to flame out like middle stat Nylander did. But the kid is looking really good. I am very optimistic for him. Um, One player, another, another player I really like. Linus Allmark. Um, I mentioned in earlier that the Rangers was the first game the first, where the Sabres were out chance and did not look like the better team on the ice. But the Sabres got three points because of the hot goaltending from Linus Allmark. He, he has the ability to steal games that the Sabres should not win. However, with that said, that brings me to my concerns. Jack Eichel, 
Eichel is the perfect summary for this team. He leads the team with 11 points. He has two goals and nine assists. So Eichel and the rest of the Sabres are doing a great job getting chances, but they're struggling when it comes to finishing chances. Jeff Skinner, very disappointing. Just one assist. I don't know what has happened to him, but the Sabres still have a lot of problems with the defense and the lack of depth. So I think this team's an improvement over the past years, but they're still a very flawed team. The team's problems have been the same as they've been for a generation. They lack a quality general manager with a real plan and the wherewithal to obtain the players to fit in said plan. The ability to find those right pieces that can identify what players are going to play make a difference every night is the foundation of the organization and where the Sabres have struggled. They have found good talent, but they have not found many difference makers that fit whatever plan they have. The plan has always been moving wishy-washy targets, and the result is obtaining way too many of the same kind of player, and even coaches. It's interchangeable, sure, but always a lateral moves that don't make an impact. A coach who knows how to get the most of his players to play with both an attitude and an identity. That means holding all players accountable and knowing how to mix and match your players to get them to have both chemistry and play to their strengths. A coach with a hard-nosed hockey mentality where working every shift matters more than the talent on the roster, like Brendan Moore or Gary Gatland. I get that some of these guys are not easy to play or to work with, but they are essentially in establishing an identity. With the right mix of talent, they have some real quality talent, and that talent has won them some games. But they have a real poor mix of talent, grit, energy, and size in a finish. If their top guys struggle at all, the team sinks with them. There is nobody capable of carrying the torch and pick up the slack for a time. Stop Eichel and this team will, if the other team stops Eichel and they, they won't, the Sabres won't score. You get into a physical game, game with a team with Wilt. They need to change the momentum and they can't respond. Um, Goaltending. Victor, even Linus Olmark has shown that he can steal games. Carter Hutton has not. That second Devils game, game I really felt, even though the Sabres lost, I really felt if, if Olmark was playing, they would have won or at least gotten a point. They lack size and grit on defense. Nobody outside Bristol-Lion puts a shiver into the small forwards. Um... um Special teams been hit or miss all year. Outside of Eichel and maybe Hall, no one, nobody can create space. Where is the physical play that can allow the studs to get to the high-quality places? Everyone plays the same, and without guys that can move bodies, everything is from the outside. Having Eichel and Hall on the same line is crazy, in my opinion. Hall is doing everything to keep Eichel from getting the puck and controlling play like we were used to seeing. 
he looks so unengaged because, frankly, he is. He spends his time without the puck and is too spent by the time he has. On a side note, he has may have checked out. Uh, it's a lot of fans think that Eichel's checked out, but I don't really believe that. But he doesn't look right. He is far more winded at the end of every shift than I have ever seen him be. And simply, and simply things like puck handling and receiving passes have been a big issues, as well as shooting at about half his normal percentage. If he is checked out, that still falls on the coach for allowing it and not doing something about it. So the fact that this hasn't happened yet tells me there's something else going on, and they have said nothing. I think he's nursing a shoulder injury or something. He has always been too good to play like he has, and I refuse to believe this is just him pouting. If you saw Eichel wasn't the fact the issue, you better have the right general manager pull the trigger. There's a far bigger chance of getting worse by trading him, in my opinion. Tage Thompson gets put on the top line because everyone knows the Sabres need some size up to take the physical play away from the talent. The fact that he sucks, he still doesn't get he still gets put there should speak volumes. Dolan clearly has no clue how to play at the defensive side of the game. So maybe it might be a good idea to find a defenseman that does allow Dolan to do what he does best and learn over the time on the defensive side without destroying his confidence. Miller, Montour, and Irwin have been especially brutal at and every year there are three or four defensemen that seem like they have no business beyond the ice. Maybe a better defensive coach while you're at it. Smith has run his course, in my opinion. I've been happy about Allmark. I think he's a good goalie that will win more than he loses. But they desperately need for a quality backup. They did lost four points because of Hutton. Those four points are the difference between being in and out of the playoffs. Skinner is being completely miscast. Stop. But he's also failed every single time he's had the opportunity to do something. Stahl is one of the guys who looks like he's checked out. Sheehan and Reeder and Vizar have a fine bottom six guys. Cousins and Olsen deserve time on the top line. On the second line. Ristoline can stay. I think Ralph Kruger is a good coach. But he's not the right coach for this team. Kevin Adams deserves his chance to make his club what he thinks it should be but the lease should be short he has made some good changes but the job feels so incomplete because the defense and Hutton are exactly the same and it's hard to make positive strides when you keep running the ball of your shoes the Sabres need to make a trade for a top foot defenseman someone with um, and some sandpaper same thing for a top six forward they may, they may want to move out Reinhardt and maybe get a first or get something done with it. You'll see the difference in the team as soon as Dolan gets hit and his partner sticks up for him and Eichel gets hit the next time the ice, he's on the ice. Is. Let's talk about Jeff Skinner for a minute. The Skinner unrefrigerated free agent year, they had a 10-game win streak and should have made the playoffs. Letting Skinner walk when they had Eichel hit in his prime was, wasn't an option for the club. It is what it is. Keeping Skinner was only perceivable was the only perceivable way they'd be able to not to regress the following year. Bottle couldn't allow the club to take steps backwards. I blame Bottle for this position he was in. I also think if you combine Skinner's skating ability with a legit power forward that could wreak havoc toward the net, it would be an ideal combination. 
The Sabres don't have that. Skinner is not fast, but he's excellent t technique and balance. Skinner cannot carry a line, but he does not have a clear set above average skills that aren't being exploited for the current lineup. Skinner has the ability to create puck deep draw. Skinner has the ability to carry the puck deep and draw two guys towards him, often daring defenders to keep, take penalties. A penalty. It's pointless though if there is no one at the net and no one open in the ice of Skinner's two guys. Skinner would be an 80-point player if he had someone like Tuchuk going in the net or work at the boards. These power fours are a rare commodity, though. Now I want to talk about Ralph Kruger's system. I think it kind of sucks. The system doesn't fit the players he has even the slightest, and yet he gets used to try to force it down the players' throats. Um... His lineup decisions are horrible. His in-game management is horrible. His system is horrible. This team needs to win this year because Hall is signing long term. Every team knows how to beat the system. I really want Kruger to work out, but this is year two of the same issues that are showing. They barely hang on in one game, and the next, the other team knows how exactly how to put the Sabres away. Last season, they came out guns ablaze after a few games, fell flat. And then it fell apart. Even bad teams can exploit the system. Ralph makes teams look like the devil's like powerhouses because of, because of how bad the system is. Um, there is a focus on neutral zone gap management where the defenders play closer to the opposing forwards instead of falling back, resulting in more opposing dumplings or forced turnovers. The forwards also skate back in the for in the in the neutral zone, turn to force neutral zone turnovers and prevent opposing zone entries. It's a penalty killing strategy that they employ five on five. There's also a focus on short shifts, with dumpins to get to get a line change in preferred over a rush scoring chance that risk getting caught gas on a counter rush. This reduces automatic rushes, but also increases energy. That's probably not positive for it. The Sabres. In the defensive zone, there's been an increase of attention to tie up sticks of opposing players. Forwards collapsing back to help the D and the goaltending corralling. Defensive zone breaks outs have been better supported by forwards and less easily rushed and pressured by opposing forecheckers. This leads to better possession and fewer shifts happening in the Sabres' own zone. The breakup passes have been shorter, often with multiple passes and some skate involved rather than. One long Helmary attempt. In the offensive zone, there's a focus on passing around the perimeter to set up possession plays rather than creating rush chances or cycling the puck low. Defenders seem to mobilize down low only when they when a four is speedily covering them. Passes are also shorter here and tend to be more of a north south than east west. There are more focus on power skating the puck through the defenders, leading to more draw penalties and field board battles. When the puck is down low or behind the net, there is a focus on seven passes, but in my opinion, not enough focus to have in the forwards without the puck crashing in the net or receiving the feeds or burying rebounds. There seems to be more buy-in or less across the board. Execution is not 100% there, but I don't think the system is a misfit with the roster. I think players have some room to use their skills and creativity within those principles to drive the offense. But they might need to learn how to do so with the abandoning the 
the core responsibilities. The Sabres' next two opponent, next two games is against the New York Islanders. These are huge games because the Islanders have underachieved so far this year with a three, four, and two record, and the Sabres have a chance to bury them in their stand in the standings. But now they have a coronavirus issue. The Devils have placed ten players on COVID protocol, and four of them played in, in yesterday against the Sabres. They are Zajac, Johansson, Kukunen, and McLeod. So there could be some Sabres um, on the COVID list. And, um, well, COVID-19 is a, well, I mean, COVID-19 is going to affect this year. I mean, it could help the Sabres make the playoffs or it could break them. This is a crapshoot. So what are your thoughts? Hit me on Twitter at Jared Show. Um, the Super Bowl is, um, coming, is on this Sunday. It'll be between Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs versus Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I did a little preview of the Super Bowl last week, so I'm not going to do much into it. But basically, as I said, this is, um, this is on, I, I have mixed feelings on this about, about watching the Super Bowl. On one hand, as I've said, this is like seeing Muhammad Ali face Mike Tyson or Michael Jordan face LeBron James. It's the greatest quarterback of all time versus a guy who has the potential to be the next greatest. It is, it is Patrick Mahomes versus Tom Brady. There was a big trade in the NFL. Um, the... Detroit Lions trade Matthew Stafford to the Los Angeles Rams. And in return, they get Jarrett Goff. Two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a third-round pick. So, this is a great move for both teams. Um, Stafford solidifies. It, Stafford's a good quarterback. And he solidifies the Rams as a legit Super Bowl contender. Goff did get um, the Rams to a, the Super Bowl a couple years ago, but overall, but he has regressed. I really don't think he's that good of a quarterback. He's okay, but he's not great. He's really a product of Sean McVay's system. So. I think this, that system will fit Stafford nicely. And the Rams could be a force to be reckoned with next year. Meanwhile, Detroit gets golf and a lot, a lot of draft picks. And they continue to build toward the future. The problem is the Lions are always building for the future. This is... This is one of the worst, one of, if not the worst run franchise in the North American sports, when in just one, one playoff game since their, um, 19, the last NFL championship in 1957. But, um, they do have some nice pieces, and I'm a big believer that no matter how inept you are as a sports owner, no matter how, how often you screw up, you'll eventually get it right. 
like what Terry Pagula and Kim Pagula did with the Buffalo Bills or what Jimmy Haslin did with the Cleveland Browns. Though Goff has accomplished plenty of the Rams' signal calls since head coach McVay took over in 2017, the contrast with his brutal rookie season under, Fish, under Fisher has made it seem like success was more about McVay than Goff. Comparing Stafford and Goff's production in football's outsiders' defense-adjusted value over average and defense-adjusted yards above placement shows that Stafford has broadly been the better quarterback. Um, t- the only when it comes to um pro football focus, the um the stats, the only when it comes to pro football focus grades on um these two quarterbacks. Matthew Stafford has led all but all ever, ever since 2016. Stafford has led all but one year, and that one year was 2018, um, when um the Rams went to, went to the Super Bowl. The downward trending with Goff with, with four years left on his contract and close is closer to anchor than a life preserver for the Lions that didn't get his head above water during the Matt Patricia years. But a look closer look at the structure of the contract reveals that golf has more money guaranteed behind twenty beyond twenty twenty two. And there was also a draft pick those draft picks. Per the Washington Post or Nick Hyde the Lions get Stafford and contain more pick value in the current twenty twenty one draft. The Rams situation is opposite of the Lions. Since McVeigh arrived in twenty seventeen and instantly turned them into a contender, the Rams have been built around the same nucleus of difference makers. All pro defenders, all Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, turned 30 and 27 this year. Right tackle Rob Harstein will be 29, and all pro left tackle Andrew Withward will be 40. Most likely, golf will be a credible veteran starter who can play until wh- whichever college quarterback at the Lions draft this year. Even as at least some of Detroit's five upcoming first round picks should be free to spend some support on. Um, the same won't be true for Stafford in Los Angeles. They didn't exercise a single first-round pick. But Stafford is the weapon McVeigh needed to boost the offense in his back and, 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 and the stratosphere. And his friendly contract enables some fragency spending, and there's no reason the Rams can't be just dangerous in 2021 as they were in 2018. So what are your thoughts on this trade? Hit me on Twitter at jredshow. Quick, talk, quick ride about sports. Um, back to hockey. Um, the Flyers, pro, um, for the Philadelphia Flyers prospect report, Adam getting pitches in offensively. Um, Caulfield is shredding the NCAA. I'm curious as to, as to what factors went into the decision making, like a weight system. The Flyers made a defensive priority, and now the death of the blue line being an issue is making York that much more critical. Um, when can they draft a top four blue, moving blue liner or a small, fast guy who can score as good as or, as, or as better than Kyle Connor? Now I'm saying that York won't be a t- top two, or I'm saying that Caulfield will be as good as Connor or anything. But the, prem- the premise is weighing. You have a guy who's a top five or seven pick who fell to 15. Caulfield has 28 points in 18 games for 1.55 points per game. Goudreau scored at 1.45 pace. Taves has scored in his sophomore year. Taves has scored at 1.35 in his pace his sophomore year. JVR 111. 
So that's such a very lengthy search. NHLs are not ton. That uh, a lengthy, fairly lengthy search of NHLers. There's not a lot of ton of direct comparisons. Gujo and Parisi are the two closest two. So what are your thoughts here on Twitter, J. Rich? The Boston Bruins defeat the Washington Capitals five to three. Um, the Caps got the first three goals. Char with his second, Sprung with his second, and Carlson with his fourth. Before the Bruins scored five unanswered, Pasternak got his first two of the year. Craig Smith got his third, Carl got his second, and Marshawn is sixth. Marshawn Pasternak, Marshawn Pasternak and Carlo had two points. Um, Spr- Sprung had two points, two on two assists. Alexander Ovechkin still at 708 goals in his quest to surpass um, Wayne Gretzky. On to basketball. The Los Angeles Lakers defeat the Atlanta Hawks by a score of 107-99. LeBron James gets closer to Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's record. He has 21 points, although Anthony Davis led the Lakers with 25 points. Um, Trey Young... Also had for the Hawks had twenty five points. After a seven game track across the Eastern Conference, the Lakers finished it with the, with a five and two record uh, on the set of the seven game streak. The Lakers came down to earth with a three ball. The defense is pretty good, but the top scorers will get theirs. Um, the Lakers have trouble with staples, so they might want to back out and on the road again. On to soccer, Juventus defeats Sampdoria uh, two to nothing. Chaisa has both goals for Juventus. Ronaldo is seven hundred seventy goals, but um, however, he's he might not have the chance to increase, and he's getting closer to the um, all time record, but he might not have the chance to get that. Um, Juventus will take on um. Inter Milan in the semifinal of the Coppa Italia. Um, but they're going to rest. Um, after losing 2 nothing to Nazira earlier in the year, UV will have a, their mindset on vengeance as both teams take the field. Juventus fielded a weakened team for the Magic and SPAL as they have been tipped to rest some of their players again. But this D-Leg, Luan, Guado, and Alex have missed the league meeting between their teams, but they are available for this game. Um, so what are your thoughts on sports? Hit me on Twitter at JRedShow, and I will see you later.